Hey guys, this is Kyle Rawson, and you're listening to the Hometown Founder Podcast, where we talk to entrepreneurs who are doing big things from small places. Sam, you good to go? Yeah. We rolling? Yeah. We're rolling on the Hometown Founder Podcast. I'm here with a very good buddy of mine, Roberto. What's your, what's your, is Rob your full name, Rob? Yeah, uh, my full name is Robert. Robert. But, Robert yeah. Call. Where are you from, Robert? I am from right here in Rexburg, Idaho. Oh, that's right, from from the Call family. I'm from the Call family in Rexburg, Idaho. That's right. Since 1953. Been here for a while. Dang. You've been here since 1953? Well, no. No. <laughs> the family has. <laughs> Rob's in his 30s. Anyways, this, this episode of the podcast originated because I got a text from Rob where he said, Kyle, I want to be on your podcast. No, no, no. You said somebody needs to be on your podcast and ask you the hard questions. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that meant like grill me on my ideologies of business and marketing. But you meant something else. Yeah, and so I was just listening to a couple of your podcasts and I was thinking Kyle needs to be answering some of these questions. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got the background. Be be my own guest. Yeah, be, on your, my own be, your, pod- be your own guest on your own podcast. You did kind of jump right on that. I didn't know if you were going to go for it or not, but well, you did kind of jump uh, right Yeah, on. I jumped out because honestly, I thought that you were going to I want someone to challenge my viewpoints on some of these things because I think that'd be yeah. entertaining to listen to. Yeah. So that's what I thought you meant, but realizing that we see eye to eye on most things, I, I, I realize that that's not what you really I meant. I can still try to challenge you on something. We, maybe we can find something. We'll find argue. something. Let's argue about something. Uh, dude, something. You know me. I love arguing. <laughs> Anyways, so we're going to do that. We're going to have a little, okay. little, little back and forth, a little interview. Kind of a thing. Have you ever done like interviewed people before in in a media setting? No. Yeah. No. This is a this is a first for me. Well, here we I'm, go. I'm gonna sit back then. All right. Just let you. All right. What do you, what do you want to know, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> so so let, let let's talk about what I want to know is what's the difference between starting you started Siphon, uh-huh. which was a was an audio company, right? Right. Right. And and now you're doing Darcy mm-hmm. Media. So what are some similarities between starting those two companies? They're di- totally different companies, Super right? different companies, like different industries, different models. Um, so just so Siphon is a, cons- a consumer electronic company, a product we sell online. And then Darcy's obviously a, a professional services company where, with clients. Uh, similarities, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's any business that you can start that doesn't. Like they, they say it always costs more and takes longer than you expect. And... I found that to be true with both companies. It, just, it took longer to land my first client, my second client. It took a lot longer to build our product overseas. So that was definitely a big similarity. Um, also, the emotional aspect of starting a business. Because, like, I, I've never had a real job outside of college and had to support a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always just been an entrepreneur. And uh, the, more, the more the responsibilities kind of stack up, the more emotional toll... It takes to start a business because it's all everything's riding on that business. Stress. It's the stress, the the sleepless nights, the one day you think that you're a hero and the next day you think you're a complete idiot. Like the roller coaster aspect of it all. Yeah, I found both those in both businesses in the first like year or so. Uh, definitely a lot of roller coasters. So when you started Siphon, mm-hmm. you weren't married, were you? No, I wasn't. And. And when you started Darcy, you were married, kids? Kids, two kids, mortgage, the whole kit and caboodle. So the stress level is obviously a little higher there. Well, no, because so when I started Siphon, I had nothing, so I had nothing to lose. 
and then and so I could I could go two years without a salary because I didn't I could live off ramen noodles, right? Mm-hmm. But I had Siphon, because Siphon's still going. Like, it's still a profitable business. And so I started Darcy while Siphon was in uh, some slow months while we were waiting for for product to get here. So I still had an income, and I still had a business. So it kind of took the pressure off of Darcy to be the provider for my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, But without Siphon there, if I was just doing Dart, yeah, that would have been a much more difficult road. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have employees for Siphon right now? Yeah. Yes. We've got, we've got Siphon, especially I've got a lot of the day to day being run by somebody else, Andrew, who will probably walk in any minute during this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing a lot of the day to day. Um, Dallin is doing a lot of the day to day with Siphon. Occasionally Andrew or uh, Sam and Tiffany, two other people that work here, will do some Siphon stuff, but, but most of the Siphon stuff are, is, I like to separate the two businesses as much as I can. So those guys, so on the Darcy side, you have interns most of the time, right? Uh, yeah. Well, so on on the Darcy side, we have uh, Sam and Andrew, which are both employees uh, working for Darcy. And then Tiffany is our intern and Brock is our intern okay. on the Darcy side. Okay. Yeah. So what kind of qualities do you think it takes to have to be a good entrepreneur? I mean, we hear about stuff all the time, right? Yeah. You can, you can read the books and everything. You can read the books. But... But what do, what do you see? I think so. I was. What at, made you? What made you a good entrepreneur? Uh, honestly, I didn't have a choice. Like, I don't know if it was the way I was raised, DNA. Like, from I don't even remember my first entrepreneurial experience because my dad had to tell me about it because I was five years old. And I didn't remember. I've just always been the type of person to make money by selling things to people. Like when I was six, I was doing it. So, uh, I think that's. That's why I got into it, just naturally gravitated towards it. But as far as like what makes someone successful in it, I heard I was in Boise at this conference. This is probably like six or seven years ago. And I don't remember who it was, but he was a successful entrepreneur. And he said that all successful entrepreneurs have two things. They are bullheaded and they are humble and they know when to pick which side. And as soon as he said that, it like, it resonated with me because I think that's true. You have to be humble enough to completely change course the second that the data tells you that what you think is a good idea is no longer a good idea. Mm-hmm. And you have to be bullheaded enough to not let anybody get you off course when you know that the course is right. And I think having both of those things drive the car is uh is kind of difficult to navigate sometimes. Yeah. So what what issues have you seen like with the people that you've hired? Have you have you tried to hire entrepreneurs or have you tried <laughs> to hire are you trying to hire guys that were not like that at all? Yeah, at, at first I just thought like I'll just hire a younger version of me that yeah. you know doesn't want to start his own business yet kind of a thing, but the, um no over the past year or so I've realized that that's just not realistic that if somebody had the ability and the desire to do this, then they would. They wouldn't want to work for somebody else. So instead of hiring other entrepreneurs, I, I hire people who are entrepreneurial. So like Sam here, for example, um, he may be an entrepreneur one day, but today he's got a, he's got a skill set and he's got the ability to learn and he's learning through this process 
and he is not an entrepreneur right now, nor do I expect him. Like it's just, it just doesn't make sense to expect your your employees to care as much about your business as you do and to act accordingly. Okay. Do you ever worry that you're training your competitor? Oh, I am. Well, I've, I've had Sam. guys here. Well, not not a, a guy that started the same time Sam did. Yeah, I, I trained him up. I, I showed him how to do things, and now he's off doing doing those things for other companies. Yeah. yeah. And we're still friends, and I, there's no animosity there, but... Yeah, if 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 you're if you really think you're good at something, you can't be afraid to give it to somebody else. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you're the only person with your brain. So that makes sense. So in a in a small town, mm-hmm. the the issue sometimes may be to somebody. Well, there's only so much of the pie to go around, right? Yeah. And so, what's what's been your experience with that? What would you tell somebody that's Say, say you got somebody who, who wants to start a business mm-hmm. like yours, for yeah. example. Um, do you discourage that person and say hey, there's just not enough business in this town, or, or is there always is there always more room for people? Oh man! So when you asked that, my my brain went two different places. The first one is, I mean, I don't know how small the town is, but like here, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of pieces to the pie, and there's different kinds of pies like there, there's enough business for everyone kind of a thing mm-hmm. uh, eventually you get oversaturation and you compete for the same business so like that's true to a point um but the other thing that i thought of when you said that was my like just my natural desire to compete would make me want to be like yeah man get into it let's go like <laughs> it, it'd be fun playing chess by myself is not as much fun like let's do it yeah so that's that's where my brain went when you asked that question I mean, I, I've noticed that in my own, in my own life, right, and, mm. and with my own work. Oh yeah. And there's there's lots of competition there, but it, sometimes it seems like the competition makes you better. Yeah. Have, have you have you experienced that? Oh yeah. And I don't know if there's like pride wrapped up in that, or just like a desire to be the best. But yeah, anytime that one of our clients mentions something about another marketing agency or consultant or something like that, I always get a little bit more. Like, oh, I'm I'm gonna show you I'm the best, kind of. Thing. Yeah. So I think. I think competition, if it is if it is reasonable, uh, yeah, it, it makes you better, for sure. What issues have you seen uh, starting a business as far as, like I guess funding or or mm-hmm. like governmental restrictions or help or yeah, is it easy to start a business today with? with politics the way they are and with mm-hmm. um, with banking the way it is and all that kind of stuff. I mean, what, what have you seen from that? Like nuts and bolts of starting a business. Yeah, I don't, I mean, again, this might just be because I, the first business I started was when I was a very small child, but I don't, I don't think it's that hard to start, especially with those aspects. I don't, I can't think of a single time where a government regulation was a very large obstacle for me in my in my in my businesses. Definitely not, not Darcy. With Siphon, there was some regulation with products overseas and um, tariffs and stuff. Uh, but uh, for the most part, no, those things haven't really stood in the way. Uh, and with Darcy, it's a service, so it's I'm, I'm, especially at the beginning, I was selling my time. Mm-hmm. With Siphon, it's a it's a a product so we had to raise money from investors to pay for the product and but even now like you can do stuff on kickstarter pre-sales the internet has really made entrepreneurship pretty easy 
Do you think you'll uh, you'll keep these companies going? Are you the kind of guy that likes to build it, get rid of it, mm-hmm. or do you like to, or do you own this so much that you're like, I can't give this to anybody else? Ever? <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think um, with Siphon, I could see me exiting from Siphon one day um, and selling that off. With Darcy, though, because so much of the business model is is essentially just I, I an attempt to scale my own skill set, I don't. Darcy is not something that I foresee ever selling. It's a, it, it is an asset that I want to have always because I'm so passionate about that type of the that or that part of business is the marketing and the and the selling side that I'd like to always have that. So for my other entrepreneurial ventures, I have a like a marketing, the marketing part of it is taken care of. Yeah. So you can do your own marketing for your other ventures. What you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So if I I have a team here and we have 30, 40 clients, but then when I have a new entrepreneurial idea, like we become client number forty one yeah. kind of a thing. I get it. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. You have you think you'll have you have other ideas now? Oh yeah. You know you're kind of you're entrepreneurial too. Yeah, you're the kind of guy that's just you're always thinking of stuff. And yes. You got anything else close in the hopper? No, because I, I realized so I, it must have been a month after I started Siphon, I had another cool idea. And I read an article that talked about shiny object syndrome, where entrepreneurs have this issue where they tend to work on something and see something else that seems interesting, and then they chase that, and they never actually focus on one thing. So I promised myself I'd do five years of Siphon before I ever started something else. And I think that's why Siphon has done so well, is because I forced myself to just do that. Uh, So because my resources are spread kind of thin right now, I'm not letting myself... Uh, divert too much to chase other opportunities. The stuff that you want to do, is it all like you think smaller type stuff that are, I mean, I see you with a couple of employees around you all the time. Are you the kind of guy that wants to have a big business with 50 to 100 employees? Are you thinking, do you like to keep your ideas small? Uh, No. So the ideas that I have are all, they could be big, but they are practical to start small. Like there's some ideas where you just can't start without a million dollars of funding, mm-hmm. and I don't. I rarely have those kinds of ideas. Or at least I don't. I don't think through those ideas. All of mine, they start with I could do this with just me and Sam in in this office right here, and then grow it into something that could be 250 employees, 150 million a year, whatever it is, right? Um, so does that answer your question as far yeah. as the scope of my yeah? So my vision? so I guess the next question is where's your motivation in your? I mean to start Darcy and, yeah. and are you are you looking for for money? Or are you looking for I want to help like this many people with Siphon? I mean, is there yeah. different motivations with those two companies? No, it's the same motivation in in, in entrepreneur. And this is kind of a recent discovery of mine because because I used to think that I wanted to be just stupid rich with private planes and stuff and. I married Nicole, which helped a ton in me realizing what I actually wanted in life. Then we had our first kid, and then it really started to solidify that to be a billionaire takes takes the time and energy away from family. They're like, they're, that's just such it's just a lot there. And so, no, that's not that's not my motivation. Mine is if I can if I can provide the lifestyle that my family wants while being my own boss. That's all I need to be fulfilled. And that's not, like, you don't need that much money, especially here in Rexburg, to do that. And so that's for me personally. But outside of me personally, 
is because I love that so much, the idea of building something that I own that provides my life. I see a lot of other people who who share that desire but really struggle in getting there and taking the first couple of steps uh, to to start their businesses. So as long as I can do it for myself, I'd like to also help other people do it for themselves because it's it's really cool to own your own business if that's if that's your thing. Yeah, uh, that's something that I've I've seen. Uh, people have a hard time getting past the money side of it, right? Yeah. So I, I said 1953 is when my family came here. My grandpa came here and started a gas station. Okay. His brother. Sinclair, right? Sin, That's... Sinclair, yeah. Yeah. Here in town. And his brother started Maverick, mm-hmm. like the whole line of Maverick, right? Oh, okay. His, his name was Rule. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time when I was up at their house. So you got these two guys that are good entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. They're talking. And... Uh, and, and Rule was trying to get my grandpa to start selling alcohol and cigarettes and some other stuff in his mm-hmm. store. And my grandpa was against those kinds of things. And, mm-hmm. and he says, yeah, I don't want to do any of that. And so, uh, and, and Rule was telling my grandpa, he says, you don't even know how much money you're losing by, by doing this. Uh-huh. And I remember my grandpa telling him, uh, a man only needs enough money to be comfortable. Anything more than that's a nuisance. Huh. And, and I, I was like 12 years old or whatever. And so I thought my grandpa's lost his mind. Like you need as much money as you can possibly get, <laughs> get right? as much as you can. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you say. Like once you find out what's really important in life, and for a lot of people, it's their family, you know, spending time with their family and stuff. Money is, is kind of secondary to help you yeah. make that happen. So I agree. I think that that's across the board. And, but the problem with that is that some people are fulfilled by more money because of what the money means. I don't. I haven't met a person. If you really talk to them and ask what makes them fulfilled in life, everybody has some version of I want to make a mark on the world. I want to. I want to help other people, or I, I want to be remembered when I leave. It, it all has to do with with externalities of of making an impact, and the the varieties in that are always in how you make that impact. And for me, I just happen to be passionate about entrepreneurship, which provides me a living, it makes sense that my fulfillment on how I want to impact the world would be around that one thing that I love so much. Mm-hmm. So like doctors, they get a lot of fulfillment because they have, they make a good living being a doctor, but then they also get a sense of fulfillment because they're making an impact on saving people's lives, right? Yeah. So I think that that's a, if you can somehow do both in the same, in the same area, you can provide a living and impact the world, I think that usually works out pretty well. What about you, Rob? What gets what gives you fulfillment? No, I, I think I'm I'm with you. I like to build things, you know. Yeah. And so I, I, we were just talking about this just this morning. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, I I loved to come home after school and work on the snow cave in the backyard, you know. Oh and yeah. That was what I was looking forward to building the snow cave. Once I got it done. I didn't want to hang out in the snow cave, but the actual yeah. building of it was fun. Oh, interesting. As we got older, you know, we did a tree house. We had this massive tree house, like in two different trees. And, yeah. And it was through like the learning and the process of how do I, how do I do this? You know, and how do we, yeah. get, how do we get the wood up there and how do we make this big old tree house? Mm-hmm. Once we got it done, we didn't spend a lot of time in the tree house yeah. because it was done. Uh-huh. And so it was the building of it that was, that was fun. Interesting. So, so what is that, what is that translated to in your, in your older years? What are you What are you creating now? I I just I'm never I'm not the kind of person that ever sits. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't come home and sit down and 
and just watch TV. I've never been a video game guy. Like, uh-huh. I, I just, I'm always moving forward. And so, like, right now, I'm, I'm two classes away from my MBA. I, uh-huh. Why am I getting my MBA? I have no idea. I don't, I'm not getting it because <laughs> I'm, I'm going for another job or anything like that. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's just that process of, of constantly, I guess, improving or building something, you know, whether yeah. that's, whether that's your education or, or whatever else. So, so, so you, it's almost like you're, instead of building something external, you're building yourself up so that you can then be better at building other things. Yeah. If you, whatever that you may be. Build the dreams, right? Like, yeah, if you build it, they will come. Right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I guess that's maybe what I'm looking for. <laughs> if I get smart enough, then maybe my big break sometime was going to come, come. Right. That's hilarious. <laughs> we actually bring that up quite a bit in, in potential or in uh, prospective client meetings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I say, a lot of times people think build it and they will come. And that only works when the supply demand curve is in your favor. When it's not, when there's an abundance of things that are built, you got to entice people to come. So I, so I like that you brought that up. So what you're saying is my, my theory might not work out. So no, well. if the supply and demand curve is in your favor, you're, you're good to go, man. <laughs> That's interesting to me. I wonder what you're going to build next. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. So do you, do you get that from building anything like it was nothing and then because of what i did now i can like visually see something that is that is there yeah I th- and i think everybody kind of is is like that to a yeah. certain point you know like when i was working at the gas station growing up even you get a, a car in and it's dirty and it's nasty and you clean it all up and when it's done it's shining and mm-hmm. there's just that sense of pride that look what i did you know yeah and uh and i like to do like woodworking stuff you know you take a piece of wood and you turn it into a bookshelf or whatever it is yeah it's pretty neat to be able to to do that and and i think that that's that's where a lot of people find fulfillment whether they realize it or not and yeah and and so you can help people you talked about helping other people build things you know mm-hmm. and finding satisfaction in that and and i think that, that that that's a noble thing to try to help people build things because whether that's themselves or a business or whatever it may be yeah so Dude, so yesterday or no Saturday, my wife and I were we were cleaning the house, uh, and or we have a we have a tub. I hope I don't get in trouble for this. She doesn't listen to this. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we have a tub that's had a stain on the bottom of it. We don't know from what. Probably one of our kids pee for like for year. Probably a couple of years. There's big this big old stain. Yeah. And from some technique or thing tool, I don't know how Nicole figured it out, but she figured out. If she scrubbed really, really, really hard with this tool, it was making it come off the stain. And she was so excited. Like, I haven't seen her this happy in months <laughs> to be like, she was so excited. And then while she was doing it, and I came, her arm got tired. So I came in and I started doing it. And she was, she was like, you know, I might want to start a business where I, I clean people's houses and like organize their stuff. Like, it's just, uh, and she's the big old smile on her face. Meanwhile, I'm dreading the whole process. <laughs> I hate it. And and I realized that like sh- her her creative outlet is cleaning and organizing. She gets a sense of fulfillment yeah. when she sees something that is a mess and she creates a way to make it clean and tidy. Yeah. I don't. I my creative outlet is something very different. But finding out what that is, figuring out a way to make money from it so you can do it regularly. And then helping other people do the same thing, I think that that's like the recipe for a happy life. Yeah. Well, 
like Nicole, for example, if she decided to start a business doing that, mm-hmm. then uh, she's she's good, right? I mean, there's people out there that like you that don't like to clean, and they're going to pay somebody to come in and do that for yeah. them. Yeah. So, and and I think in my, I've noticed or I've, I've realized, I guess, in the last six to eight months, that it doesn't really matter what you're trying to start. If you're good at it and you have a passion for it, you're going to make. You, you can make a go of it, right? And you can yeah. make money, and you can get you can get some clients, you can get some customers, and mm-hmm. and and just see how it works out. It's just taking that first step. Yeah, that, be that first step is so hard, and I I I try to empathize with it because I like I know in my mind it makes sense why it's hard, but I just I've just never had to go through it before because I've I've just always been an entrepreneur. Yeah, and so I'm I'm fascinated with why, and. I, First off, there's a lot of of hype around entrepreneurship right now that is not necessary. Like there yeah. are some people that should be entrepreneurs. There's some people who should not be. They would not be as happy as they think that they will be. And there's a place for everybody. Right? There's a place for everybody. Everyone's different. Everyone should fulfill their own thing. But there there's some people that I think would be much happier if they if they spent all of their time and all of their income was relied upon the, a business that they own. And I'm, I'm fascinated what, why more people don't don't uh, start something or do something if that's what they want. So part of my experience has been that you know, I, I work for a company now and, uh-huh. and I make, it, and I make a, a good living doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, I'm also the kind of guy that I think would love to have my own thing. Mm-hmm. But it's hard once you get so you're comfortable. Yeah. And you've got you've got you know, you got a paycheck coming in mm-hmm. and, and I've got four kids now. Yeah. And they're in dance and basketball and piano and uh-huh. everything else. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's hard to take that step and be like, yeah. Okay, here we go. Yeah. You know, it's it's the Indiana Jones step, right? <laughs> <laughs> you take that step into the into the unknown, and you hope mm-hmm. there's somebody there to catch you. Yeah, and uh, and so I think that, and for me, I still see me doing my own thing. Yeah, uh, but I I see me doing that when my op- my financial obligations to my family are less. Yeah. You know, maybe my kids get a little bit older or something like that. Well, when they get older, they just get more expensive. That's what, don't I, they? That's what they tell me. But I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it progressively gets more difficult. Well, there's, a, and that may be the case. There's a lot of people that in their older years start su- successful businesses though. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. What's the average so. age of entrepreneur? Like 50 something or yeah, you're right. And I, and I wonder if that's just because they just get so fed up with it. They're just like, here we go. I think I'm going to start something now, and we're going to see what happens. They get around 45 to 55, and they realize that they're, they think they're on the tail end of stuff, and they haven't actually done what they really wanted to do. And it's just decades of, i got to do this, i got to do this, that finally build up. And it's, I'm either going to do this, or I'm going to be massively depressed. So let's do it. What I think is interesting is that there aren't uh, – like going backwards sounds really scary to people, but I don't. I, I think that that's a that's a hurdle that if somebody could get over, they might be a lot happier in the long run. Like they're used to. I, I mean, you make more money now than you made five years ago, right? Yeah. Five years ago, you probably. Well, I don't know your specific situation. But you were probably doing okay, but if you were to think right now, if you had to make as much money today as you're making five years ago, that's like. Worst case scenario, crisis mode. But in reality, you'd have a car that's a little bit more used. You have a little bit less 
discretionary income. Like, you're, it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. But we're so afraid to go backwards. Yeah. Well, because comfort is so nice, right? To yeah. Be comfortable. So, and it goes back to like what I was saying, what my grandpa said about uh, uh, when you have too much money, it just becomes a nuisance, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm there. Rob's <laughs> <laughs> just rolling deep right now. Too much. But I will say that I don't know that. I don't know that I'm happier now than I was when I first got married and I was working a $10 an hour job. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a hurdle to get over it, but it's my own hurdle to get over, you know? And I think, but I think it's a hurdle that a lot of people, uh, holds them up. Yeah. So. I, it was a, a couple years ago, I saw this, this viral Facebook video of, uh, it was it was uh, it was this family at a store and it was the kid's birthday, and the kid wanted to buy a cake from the store, and his mom was like, "No, we're too poor to buy you a cake from your store from the store on your birthday. We gotta go home and make a cake. We're too poor." And this old guy saw it, felt bad, bought the cake for the kid, got, got him and saw him in the streets like, "Hey, here's your birthday cake," and everybody was all happy. And I like read, read the comments and people talking about how like sad it was and when i saw it i i realized like that's not that poor like big <laughs> deal you can't buy a cake from the store because when i was the first two years of starting siphon i was super poor like the the second year my total expenditures personally were thirty five hundred dollars for the whole year <laughs> <laughs> and at the time it i felt really bad because I never had more than an eighth the tank of gas, and right, like it, yeah. it, it was it was tough being poor. But looking back, I, it's just not that bad. Yeah. Like I was, I was happy. Yeah. And I think that most people also look back on their poverty days as like kind of happy times. But yet we're doing all these things that may be jeopardizing our future of this fear of taking a half a step back. Yeah. And uh, I, I think some of us might just be better off if we were all right with taking a half a step back. Yeah. I hope this doesn't sound like I'm, like, personally attacking you. No, <laughs> with no. your affluent lifestyle, no, Rob. No, see, this is, what, this is what I was talking about <laughs> when I was talking about uh, how you got the answers, you know? I mean, I was listening to your podcast thinking, I want to hear what Kyle has to say about some of these things. Oh, okay. So, anyway... No, you're. Uh, I'll buy your minivan from you if you want to go back to. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're <laughs> spot on. So. <laughs> huh. Well, we're coming to the end of the show, Rob, and I know you're interviewing me, but I want. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. Don't make them hard. I'm gonna make them super hard. Don't make them. Hard. So first off, uh, so I imagine, at, at least ten years down the road from now, um, there's a good chance that you will be also doing something for yourself. You've got the you got the skill set. You're a hard worker, and it's something that you want to do, right? Is have that? Yeah, that's my plan. Any ideas what that will look like? What, like, what will be the thing ten years from now that you're doing? My the hard thing for me is the ideas that I have are big ideas, the grandiose ideas. Well, I, the where I've worked, right? So I mean, I know what I know, and I, I, uh, I've I've told you before, I started a little company. Um, that does a lot what that would do a lot what Dream Media does right so, yeah yeah uh, and that was we're competitors man. yeah yeah I haven't done I haven't done like much with it but come compete with me see the <laughs> competition makes us better let's do it let's get let's get better together <laughs> uh, 
but uh, coming from a gas station background uh, and you know the calls they own Maverick and Flying J and 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 then here in town my family owns Sinclair mm-hmm. that's a it's a big company that requires a lot of money to operate yeah. and then doing what I do now I've been almost eleven years now working at a car dealership and uh, and so and that's what I know and that's what I I actually really enjoy it mm-hmm. um, and so my ideas all kind of hover around these these like these bigger these bigger ideas and so it, mm. it's a lot harder for me to make them happen i need to yeah i need to scale things back a little bit so could you start and i mean i don't know with your specific like let's say if you were if you're gonna have a car dealership obviously i mean well i, I don't know how kind of rich people you know but if you need 16 million dollars to start a car lot could you start with that like should do it? Sixteen million should do it. Will that do it? Yeah. I have no idea how much a car is that. Is that a lot? Is it like? Could you buy a nineteen ninety eight Ford Taurus off of Craigslist and then flip it and then do that seventeen more times? Like, like is that a way that you could that you start a car lot and have like a used car lot and then buy a franchise? Like, well, that's the thing. Are there now, are now there ways can, to get yeah. up? Yeah. So I mean, if you talk to the guys that started them. 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, what they did. They went to the bank, got a big loan, and they went and they bought a whole bunch of cars and mm-hmm. away they go. Now, yeah, I mean, you can buy stuff online and, and flip it and mm-hmm. or like, like retail arbitrage, right? You can right. go and buy this stuff and, and find people that are willing to pay a little bit more. And there's people that do that, and and I could do that. Uh, the, Might the, be a conflict of interest. That, that's, you, the yeah. big, that's the big issue right now, right? <laughs> so if I, if I try to do that now, it would be – and it takes time. Yeah. And my job now takes a lot of time. So it's one of those deals. I'd have to take a step back. Yeah. Uh, maybe eat ramen a little bit more. Just a little you know, bit. And uh, teach my kids piano myself or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, well, you said that you, a lot, you go home and you don't like to sit. You like to build things and make things. That's kind of cool. I mean, a, a lot of people, I think their struggle is they, they get home after their nine to five and they're so tired that they don't want to work on something else. Yeah. You don't have that problem. No, so I'm I'm I do a lot of stuff. I I like doing, I like editing video and and uh, and learn how to. I, I think what I like, I say I like editing videos and stuff like that. I think more than anything, I like marketing. Yeah. And so, uh, most of my time is spent on how to, just just ideas on how to market better. And then, yeah. but I don't want to hire somebody to do it because I think it's fun to do it myself. Right. And so I. And I think that's why I'm doing my MBA. Yeah. Because um, it's given me a lot of ideas and a lot, you know, and that's stuff you can take with you no matter what, you know. Yeah. And and good experience. And so you know, I I, I think that. Uh, so when I go home, I'm not going home and like building a car in the garage. Uh-huh. Right? Uh But my let me my biggest issue with some of like the editing and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This is just a little personal problem is I'm colorblind. <laughs> oh, you are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, video editing can be tough. When... <laughs> so, that, so that makes it tough, like color correction and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. To call my wife in and say, hey, what does this look like? <laughs> yeah, they all look like avatars, man. Oh, so go figure. That's funny. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, there's there's ways around it. Actually, I don't know. Are there ways around it? I don't know. Like they got glasses new, you can they buy? They got these new glasses now. I need to try. We should buy, we should buy some of those glasses, put them on you. You can have this, like, crazy reaction like you see go viral. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, and then I think the glasses are glasses are in chroma glasses. So yeah. I just need in chroma to send me some glasses. Yeah, and then I'll I'll make a YouTube video. Put some AdWords on the YouTube video. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll make YouTube them some partnership. Money. Yeah, let's do it. Go buy 
call Ford dealership. I'm sorry, Toyota dealership. You, you don't care. Well, uh, the cool thing about the internet is uh, you're going to be listening to this in 10 years. Yeah. So we'll look back and be like, bro. What, what happened? R- remember? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> we had all these ideas. Nah, yeah, 10 years from now. Let's, yeah, let's, let's do another one in 10 we'll years. We'll do another we'll one see, in 10 we'll years. See what, we'll see where we're at, both okay. of us. Okay. All right. Well, that's the end of our podcast. We all need to go back to work. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed this, feel free to give us a rating on iTunes and subscribe to hear more stories from entrepreneurs who are starting businesses in small towns. See you later.